Hello, welcome to Living Prayer Podcast. We're a podcast hosted by Gateway House of Prayer, and our goal is to encourage you to live a life of prayer and intimacy with the Lord. Today we have Jamie Fit on for episode two of the series we have with worship, and we talk about the Tabernacle of David and the importance of prophetic worship and uh, worship today uh, in the churches and gatherings in the house of prayer. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you're encouraged by it. Enjoy the episode. Thank you. Sweet. Well, last episode we were talking about worship and um, remind us of of the two pillars. Yeah, being created to worship and also knowing that worship is a response. Right, right. And so out of that, I feel like um, created to worship, um, I feel like there's so many aspects to worship that we can go into, but uh, one aspect we would love to go into is prophetic worship. And yeah. we know you have um, a ministry down in down in Philadelphia called uh, Tabernacle of David, and we would love to hear like a little bit of like just yeah. that journey, like first yeah. and, and like explain how you started that and... and a little bit of what that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, on the on the last episode, I shared a little bit about like my family and I and our, mm-hmm. our journey, yeah. kind of coming, you know, from more of a denominational background and kind of coming into the things of the Holy Spirit and worship and stuff like that. So um, when we did that, we started this worship team, mm-hmm. and part of what we did was we would go back into a lot of these denominational churches, and we would, you know, connect with folks and be like, "Hey, do you know that you know worship is pretty awesome, and we can like encounter <laughs> yeah. God through this?" You know, and uh, and, and there were some people who were like, oh, yeah, we want to do this for the young people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, even though I was probably only like, you know, 18, 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19 at the time, I'm like, listen, if you do this for the young people, that's the wrong motivation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like do this for the Lord. Right. Do this to breathe life into your worship environment so, so it's good. not dead and dry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we encouraged people to do that. And, and we did start, you know, help people start worship teams in some of their churches. And again, it was not about the style. It was not about yeah. contemporary or whatever, but it was just about... Like, like, how do we have life in our worship mm. and breathe life in it? So we're going to these different places, and we ran into this um, guy who I always say is a closet. He was a closet charismatic <laughs> in amongst the uh, the denominational folks yeah. and uh, wild Holy Ghost guy, man. And um, so he came to our worship team, which, like I mentioned, is my family and, and, yeah, and yeah. extended family, basically. Right, yeah. And um, and he said, uh, he said, hey, what do you guys think about doing 12 hours of worship? And we're like, wow, that sounds, you know, sounds really great. Like, like if a, if a couple hours of worship is good, twelve hours must be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine the glory, you know. That'll, and uh, and so he's like, oh, okay, good, do it. And we we're like, what? Yeah. You know, <laughs> what do you mean, do it? And he's like, yeah, you guys do it. You got you got the worship team, do it. And we we're like, well, we thought you had a plan that you right, were right. He's like, no, the plan was to ask you. And I was like, oh, okay. Was, so, he, was he coming from, like, God just kind of gave him a revelation of this? You know, like, to or this just, day, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. Like, I'm throw them a curveball. Yeah, like, I, I, <laughs> I remember the conversation. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I was, but uh, to this day, I have no idea where it came from for right. him. And I had no idea how it was going to change our lives. So, I, wow. you know, we were talking mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I don't remember what year it was exactly, yeah. but it was yeah. somewhere in, like, maybe 1998, 1999, somewhere in there. And... um. So he says, yeah, so do it. And he says, oh, and, uh, you know, Pastor, Pastor Dan will let you use his church from, from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. I'm like, did you say 8 p.m. to a.m.? Like, I think we're going to be up all night, playing, you know. And so we were just, we had no idea. We didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. So we were like, well, let's do it. So our one worship team, um, wow. you know, did 12 hours straight wow. through the night. 
uh, by ourselves. That is so much. You guys have sheet music for a lot of we it? Did, yeah, we did have sheet yeah. music. I mean, we were probably not into even that much of the spontaneous right. prophetic flow at that point. A little bit, but yeah. probably not a ton. And man, so how do you do 12 hours straight <laughs> with sheet music? It's like a songbook like that, oh man. Oh, my you know what goodness, I mean? man. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and we, you know, we, 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 we kind of like first a few sure. periods, some, you know, a couple of instruments would yeah, carry it and a couple yeah. of instruments would take a break and, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, singing wise i had some breaks where some of it was yeah. just instrumental yep. and stuff like that. anyway it was it was crazy and so after we did that i said to our our team i said i don't know what we just did and that was like the dumbest thing we've ever done and also the most amazing thing we've ever done right. uh, because it was so powerful it was just like there was something about it that was just amazing and we knew as soon as we did it like wait a minute the, the lord was in this somehow mm-hmm. and um and so i said to our team i said i know what we've been doing like we've been going to these other churches and stuff but the lord wants us to do more of this whatever mm-hmm. this is and we literally had no language wow. for it other yeah. than extended yeah. times of worship and prayer that was it that was all we knew to call it and it was it was 12 hours and you know wow. so we started doing 12 hour you know what we call now worship burns yep, or whatever yep. you want mm-hmm. you know that, there was no language for like that around back in the day and uh, yeah. and so we started doing those for several several months we did a couple okay. of those we started doing them during the daytime when we would normally smart, be awake smart. you know so yeah. <laughs> and we invited in some people that we were friendly with who who did worship some of these same teams that we right. helped you know raise up we we're like hey come on come on help us with this so we don't have to do 12 hours ourselves yeah. yeah and people loved it and it was it was awesome we had no idea what we were doing and then in 2000 i know i know for sure it was the year 2000 we yeah. did our first 12 hour or sorry 24 hour wow. worship wow. and prayer event um, and these people came Jesus. from all like all over the place. Well, like I was shocked. <laughs> I would, you know, now I'm not surprised because I am one of those guys that goes and you know. But yeah. we had people who drove from like State College or like right. from down in Maryland, right. and they came and they played a two hour set and they left. Mm, wow. and I'm like you drove four hours here, you played for two hours, and you drove four hours back. Wow. But what we didn't really realize was God was doing something in the earth Absolutely. at that time. Yeah. Mm. And so IHOP, you know, was was getting uh, yep. going at that time, mm-hmm. 98, 99. Yep. Getting, they, they were up and running 24-7 by yep. 99, I believe. And um, we did not know about that. And, and in fact, the Lord really gave us the language of Tabernacle of David through a guy named Alan Vincent, who mm-hmm. yep, yep. I know is well connected to yeah. HarvestNet and ECC and all that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, over the years. And and gateway i suppose too yeah. really in yep. some very direct ways but um the lord gave us that language and gave us that vision and that's always been our heart um and and so we kind of stuck with that even more so than like house of prayer or something like wow. that because we just didn't we well, i didn't even know about ihop right, until yeah. it was like way after the fact and so which is international house of prayer yeah yeah, for the, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not people the are thinking it's pancakes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not the pancake um, but but i i was like you know uh it was amazed yeah. to know what was going yeah. on with these so people. tabernacle of david you said that was part of alan vincent's kind of language so was that different than the international house of prayer yeah or were there some ca- fall carry carryovers I, between I, I the think two? I, there's definitely some some carryovers I, I i think uh mike bickle the the leader mm-hmm. of, of ihop has always kind of described what they're doing is as 24 7 worship and prayer mm-hmm. in the spirit of the tabernacle of david mm-hmm. so it's connected to it um, I think they forged kind of their own um, kind of their own DNA and their own mm-hmm. pattern and their right. own uniqueness about right. what they were doing. 
Um, and some of it was based off of some different, not not mm-hmm. wrong, but different biblical patterns. Mm-hmm, sure. And we were looking at more like biblical patterns over here, mm-hmm. like a little bit more directly connected to right. sure. Tabernacle of David. And he was kind of looking in some other areas of biblical patterns. Would that yeah. be even like the most like tabernacle of Moses, like the fire on the altar. Yeah, 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 some of those kind of, of yeah, exactly. I mean, there was okay. some of that. And, you know, I think a big thing for them was kind of the, the, the bridal paradigm. They have that, yeah. you know, Mike, yep. you know, Mike yeah. has got his yep. whole own language and stuff. Right. And so. Honestly, just because the Lord kind of had us on our own path, we never got, like, too into that stuff. Right. There's anything wrong with it. I think it's great stuff. Yeah. But it was just, we tried to be authentic with what, yeah. where the Lord put us. Yeah. Was that was that because you didn't know about IHOP yeah. beforehand? Yeah, and just you were just totally, like yeah. following what the Lord was doing? Yeah, sure. I mean, we were doing what we were doing and had a, a, an idea of what we were doing even before we connected with like right. what, what Alan was teaching and stuff like that. But then wow. we got like, you know, like a 20 CD series by Alan <laughs> teaching on things. We're like, wow. We had like maybe we, we were kind of on the same page as like one or two of these CDs and then he yeah. like expanded <laughs> it into like, you uh, know, the, Whatever. So it was like this amazing, it was an amazing yeah. thing. And it, it was, it was really. Can, can you explain a little bit about the Tabernacle of David and like, kind of like your, like not just your Tabernacle of David, but yeah, the yeah. actual like Tabernacle of David yeah. and like kind of what that was, but also like mm. some core values that you are taking away from even like Alan Vince's like, yeah. mm. uh, and, and applying it to what you have right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the Tabernacle of David, and, and I've, I've run into, interestingly, I've run into people who like, who teach graduate level things. They're the, they're the people that teach the doctors, you yeah, know right, what I mean? Like yeah. that are going for their ministry doctorates yep. who, who are like, what do you mean Tabernacle of David? Everybody knows Moses was the one with the Tabernacle. Yeah. Like, well, no, David had a Tabernacle. And it's a, it was a very simple thing. It was, there was mm. no walls. There was no yep. religious structure to it. It was literally just the Ark of the Covenant representing the manifest presence of God. And yeah. then um, thousands of singers and musicians that David employed. Wow. Um, and it was really, to that point, the first time in Israel's history mm. that worship, uh, or, or music, I should say, um, and so therefore praise, really, mm. uh, became a part of Israel's worship life. Yeah. Because wow. you don't find it in the tabernacle yeah. of Moses. Mm-hmm. So David introduces all this, and actually... Um, and I think I've taught on this a little bit at, yep, at, uh, yep. at the internship, but I love this because Samuel's really the guy who does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samuel's behind the scenes while David is growing up and while David's being chased right. by Saul and all this because kind of like, you know, uh, Samuel's behind the scenes um, raising up a priesthood of people who can mm-hmm. actually worship the Lord and begin to flow in wow. a, a sound of praise and worship, but it, that's a prophetic sound too. Yeah. So all these guys were priests who were raised up by a prophet and mm-hmm. then called together by a king. Wow. And um, so I think you see all three dimensions wow. of, of that, you know, in the tabernacle mm-hmm. of David. Yeah. And so David appoints uh, over 4,000 singers to do something that's not part of of their worship yeah. to that point because right. Samuel's raised these people up. And so um, they worship God round the clock, and mm-hmm. people say they believe it lasted about 33 years initially well, before mm-hmm. um, it stopped for the first time, and then it was reinstituted by some other kings, good mm-hmm. kings, and reinstituted in, in yeah. Solomon's temple yeah. and different things like that. But the, the concept of unveiled face-to-face wow worship with the Lord was unprecedented in those times. And almost illegal. (laughs) But not almost, almost, but yes, yeah, 100% illegal. And and God, 
you know, killed people or or, right, right. or did, you know, they had horrendous consequences for doing sure. what David yeah. did. Um, but I always say that David did it not out of presumption, but he did it out of revelation. Right. right. And so he mm. knew that God wanted something more. And because of that, he's able to reach a thousand years into the future before Jesus comes and he's able to enter into unveiled yeah. worship. Yeah. Um, with with the living wow. God, right? Wow. Which which David knows this is what you really want. You know, what yeah. I mean? like he knows this is what God wants. But rather than entering in through you know pride and presumption, he says, "No, right. I I know this is who you are because you're merciful and you're kind and you love us." You know what I mean? Like mm. David enters in through that revelation. Mm-hmm. And so some of the Psalms, I mean, to just to tie in the prophetic piece for a minute, some of the Psalms are some yeah. of the most prophetic oh, yeah. pieces mm. of of scripture we have related to. Uh, Jesus. Jesus, you got Psalm yep. 22, you got Psalm yep. 2, you got Psalm 110. I mean, there's a, a bunch of them. Psalm yeah. 45, there's these messianic psalms that are right. mm. that are giving incredible detail. In in some cases, Psalm 22 is just this unbelievable mm. d- description of the crucifixion. Right. But David is seeing these kinds of things years and years down the line, you know. Wow. And so anyway, so they enter into this place of seeing the heart of God as they get into that place of worship. Again, yeah. The more you worship him, the more he reveals himself. Right. And mm. so David has revelation that's a thousand years ahead of its time. And I think that's one yeah. principle of the tabernacle of David that that we've carried over into now, which is mm. right. David drew on the grace of the age to come. Hmm. There was an age coming where you wouldn't have to be separated by a curtain from God. You could right. be face to face with yeah. him. And David draws on that a thousand years ahead of its time. There's an age coming where there's not going to be any sickness. There's not going right. to be any disease. Yeah. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. not going to be any weeping. You know, we draw on that now, and mm-hmm. we bring heaven to earth through the avenues of worship, praise, mm-hmm. prayer, that kind of a thing. Wow. And I think that's what's so amazing. Um, you take temporal things. You take a guitar made out of wood right. and right. and the strings made out of metal and you know and a keyboard made out of who knows what but yeah. you know <laughs> like you 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 t- you take these kinds of things and you take your time and you bring it to an altar and God takes it and changes it into something that that actually has eternal consequence wow and eternal realities mm-hmm. that can actually shape generations after us wow like the bible talks about you know a song sung for a people not yet born mm-hmm. like how yeah. can a song that you sing in your lifetime impact generations. Right, right. That's incredible. Yeah. But that's part of the dynamics of the Tabernacle of David. Yeah. Mm. And so that's I think that's one piece of the prophetic yeah. Yeah. you know that that God raises up in that. And so we're we're calling forth sometimes I think we think the pr- prophetic is speaking things out in the future. Yeah. But sometimes it's calling forth the things that are out there that are possibilities into the right now. now. Yeah. Mm. And so, wow. you know, I think that's one piece of the prophetic that's so important yeah. for the tabernacle of David. Mm. And so you see that. You see that they, they actually have incredible victory right, right. from their enemies, you know, where they, they brought forth this victory for Israel. And Israel enters their most prosperous season ever mm. under David's leadership and then obviously following it, Solomon, who yeah. the, the Bible says he never had to war. Right. You know, because right. David ushered in such an incredible era of peace, not just because he was a mighty warrior and an obedient man of God, but because of 
the nuclear power plant of yeah. the Tabernacle of David burning at the <laughs> center. <Open> presence. <laughs> of, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, mm. and hosting in the capital city, right. in that place, mm. the presence of God, you know? Yeah. Can I circle back just a little sure. bit? Just in case anyone's listening and might have felt a little lost with the Tabernacles mm. thing. I just felt like I should. Um, so with it, with the children of Israel, right? They, they are brought out of Egypt, and then they have the Ten Commandments, the law given at Mount Sinai. And Moses gets this instruction for his tabernacle, tabernacle of Moses, which you talked about. There's a veil in, there's a holy of holies, and there's all these steps of procedure of sacrifices. And there's also a very limited amount of people that can go in. So you have only out of all the people of Israel, you only have one tribe, the Levites, who are able to kind of tend it. In them, you only have one family line, which is Aaron's, that can actually go in and, and offer sacrifices. And then... Of that family line, you have one guy guy, who can go in once a year, right, to the Holy of Holies. And that was still going when David became king. Exactly. It's a couple hundred years later, right, after it was started. And so what you're talking about is through revelation of God, through Samuel, who is kind of David's mentor and who anointed him, um, God gave a new new design for worship, a new liturgy uh, for worship that was so fundamentally different in that so many people could come in and worship around uh, the presence of God. And the, and the ark, which was that manifest uh, kind of symbol of God's presence and yeah. that he dwelt upon, was not placed in Moses' tabernacle when they got it back, right? It was placed right. in the tabernacle of David. Um, and it's all in, uh, it's it, what, Second Samuel 6 talks about yeah. it, in case anyone wants to look yeah. it up. Um, and I love that, and you've mentioned this um, before, that before David's tabernacle, you had like, a couple judges, you had Samuel who were like prophets, right? Yeah. And then when David's tabernacle starts and this worship and praise thing happens, you have an explosion of prophecy. Like all the prophets that we have after the Psalms are coming in the wake of what David and his band (laughs) started. And that, that, I mean, I go back to Isaiah. I mean, I'm always like, there's just so much in there. But to think that that was part of the seed or the movement that David right. started yeah. is just is so mind blowing to yeah. me. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, as if you look at it and you look at first Samuel three, it says in Samuel's day mm. the word of the Lord was rare mm. and there was no widespread revelation. Mm-hmm. And then if you fast forward to after the end of Samuel's life to when David becomes king, yeah. then he has a a place in Jerusalem where the word of the Lord is being released, declared, <laughs> yeah. decreed round the clock day and night, 24-7. And so there's a progression there that's Mm. incredible. And you see the shift in the nation. You see like, okay, the word of the Lord is being declared. It's being released literally out of Zion, right? And it's being, uh, it's it's transforming a nation and and it's bringing forth victory for God's people. So Mm. yeah, I mean, it's an incredible, incredible Mm. picture. And uh, we, we believe like, again, kind of what we've brought over into this is like, okay, we need this in our cities. Right. Right. We need some kind of furnace, if you will, a prayer, prayer and worship furnace mm-hmm. that really burns with, you know, the the heart of God, and really burns mm-hmm. to see a, uh, a a a release of the kingdom of God in mm-hmm. our cities. You know, and uplifts everything from a place of prayer and presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the ways that that house of prayer is a little bit different. 
um, from say like Tabernacle of David, at least in my mind. This is this is maybe just just, just me, mm-hmm. but I think House of Prayer I've always kind of seen oriented more towards the prayer piece, mm-hmm. right. and Tabernacle of David I see oriented more towards the worship and the sound right. piece. Yeah, and I really believe that one of the things David was amazing with was the sound of heaven, mm-hmm. and so when we bring the sound of heaven into earth, whatever it is, no matter how weird it may be, you know, or, or may sound to us, like all of a sudden we're bringing the substance of heaven, like around the throne, there's mm. living creatures with, right. with eyes and wings that have, one of them's got the face of a lion. I don't think he sounds, you know, like, right. like a nice little, you know, little tenor or something like, like he's probably sounds like a lion. It probably right. sounds like horrifying to us. Probably. Yeah. Holy, you know, I don't know. Like, like, we're probably like yeah, I would probably think it was like demonic or something, but, but it's, I mean, that's the sound around the throne. And, yeah. and so I believe part of Tabernacle of David is David taps into that reality. Yeah. He taps into the third heaven reality, you know, this mm. idea of like, okay, something's happening around the throne. See, worship is not something that, you know, we just, we just kind of start. We don't initiate. It's like we enter into what's right, already right. going on around wow. the throne. Right. Wow. And I think David was able to capture that more than any uh, anyone, certainly more than anyone else in the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's 3,000 years ago. Where do you see that playing in right now in like corporate worship and even like mm. like worship gatherings at like in the city or, or at the ta- uh, tabernacle or even at like just a, just a normal worship session in a church? Do you, mm-hmm. yeah, like, how do you see that playing right now? Yeah, yeah. I think my, one of my one of my favorite scriptures is Colossians three sixteen, and it talks mm-hmm. about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual yeah. songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, if you look at those three things, right? Um, psalms are, I would say, we could say specifically, it's maybe singing the actual mm-hmm. psalms. Right. But I'd say more broadly, even singing the scriptures, singing mm-hmm. the word of God. There's yeah. other songs in other books. Isaiah's filled with songs. Right. And, and there's songs other places in the in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's, uh, let's call that psalms. Hymns, the, the understanding of that is songs that come from the heart of man. Mm-hmm. It's okay. it's the song of our heart. And in the Old Testament, the, the word tehila to, to, to would mm-hmm. be um, this idea of singing the song that, that rises out of your heart. Right. So it could be a pre-written song, but it could also just be spontaneous yeah. worship. It could be, you know, you just want to express your heart to the Lord. And I think that's something that we're missing. Actually, we're missing all, all of these in some ways, right? We don't sing right. the scriptures enough. Right. Um, we, we have these songs that someone else has written, and we like to be spoon-fed some words that, like, Chris Tomlin would sing right, to the Lord. Right. But, like, you're like, well, let's all sing what Chris is. Like, you know, at some point, it's like, no, you have a different story, and you wow. have a different thing. And so wow. so the idea of a hymn is you sing your own song to the mm-hmm. Lord. Uh, it, it's any song from man's heart, so it's yeah. okay yeah. to sing other songs. Yeah. But, but there should be moments in our worship where it's like, okay, no, sing your song, wow. the song only you can sing. Wow. Um, and then the last piece is spiritual songs. I think this is really where... This idea of prophetic worship and Tabernacle of David um, really comes into full focus is spiritual songs are spirit-breathed songs. Mm. So Mm -hmm. it's basically when we stop just singing to God and God starts singing through us. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And... In Colossians three sixteen, you have all three of those laid out. If you if you break down what yeah. those words mm-hmm. mean, that's all in there. So, you can go back to the Old Testament if that bothers anybody. I don't. It doesn't bother me because Acts fifteen, I think, tells us we should look back right, at the Tabernacle right. of David. Yeah. But if if it bothers people, you can say, look, 
let's just look at psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and what yeah. those actually are. So, like, God actually sings through us, mm-hmm. and he can, he can have us sing things over our city or region or over yeah. a person. Right. And it may be something where it sounds like God's singing, or it might just be something he's inspired us to sing, mm. and we release right. it, and it's not a thus says the Lord kind of thing. But that kind of idea of prophetic worship, I think, you know, that's so key. I think that's what David entered into, and I think... Now, that's what God's wanting us mm. to do. I think the Bible says, do this. Um, and I think one of the great challenges we have now is we're getting so practiced and so structured with uh, one kind of song, right. which is a hymn mm-hmm. that someone else wrote mm-hmm. that we practice really, really well. Right. And then we try to play it very, very well, but it's all structured out. And there's no room for the Lord to come in and yeah. just begin to say, hey, I want to move in this. Right. I mm-hmm. want people to begin to sing their own song. I want people to, I want to sing. What if God's like, hey, I want to sing. You're not letting me. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Wow. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of a thought for us, you know. Um, you know, but that. yeah, wow. I think that's part of how the Tabernacle of David looks now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember one time we were at a, uh, doing a prayer set at Gateway and um, sometimes we would just kind of be quiet and just kind of wait, just wait for God to do something and I remember it was towards the end and this girl gets up on the keyboard and like no one asked her to it was just kind of I mean people kind of knew because it was pretty chill like you could kind of do what you felt led to do um and she gets up and she she plays for like an hour straight just singing from God's perspective over everyone in the room Come on. yeah and I remember just being in in complete like a mess you know yeah. because it felt because I know you know I know that verse you mentioned the last episode God is singing over us yeah. And he's dancing over us. But unless sometimes I think we have to see in the physical first sometimes right. or hear in the physical. Yeah. And so like for me, maybe, yeah, my imagination is just lacking in this. I don't know. Maybe other people are with me on this, but it's like, how, like, how can I actually experience God singing over me? Yeah. But if someone else filled with God's spirit starts to sing. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I, I'm hearing it directly from mm-hmm. him, which is probably the same thing as like when someone preaches the word of God, you know, Absolutely. it's like, I've read yeah. this, yeah. but you're preaching it in a way that the spirit is now on. Right. And so now it feels like a direct word. Yeah. And I think it's the yeah. same thing with song. And, but it's just, I mean, it, it, it can take you to a really deep place yeah. um, emotionally too. It's just like, yeah, and totally. I mean, Lord. God, God uses us to do like h- how many people yeah. have ever heard the voice of God thunder from heaven? Right. Like none. none. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? And even when he does, people are confused. Like, is that thunder? That thunder? You know, like, right. so how does <laughs> God's voice come forth? Ninety nine times out of 100, it's through us. Yeah. You know what I mean? How is the earth going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord? God's going to wave his magic wand and all the gold dust is going to fall everywhere. And everyone will be, oh, it's, look, it's the glory. Of the Lord. No, it's going to be through sons and daughters I love that, right? that, that, mm. that he opens up and he reveals his glory through yeah, rise right. and shine for your light has come. and The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So wow. we're totally the ones. Um, who he manifests through, and it's not about, I mean, the Bible's clear, right? We have this treasure in in earthen vessels, right? We're just, it ain't about the vessel, but it's about (laughs) the treasure in the vessel, right? Mm. And so I think that's amazing. I'll I'll give you one other example, like you just mentioned that, Mm -hmm. that one of that girl singing over people for an hour. We were just in Israel, and we were in the upper room, and we had a group of 100 people on our trip in, in wow. Israel. And I, I would say this is the only time I've ever seen this, but this just blew my circuit boards. <laughs> and so we had, you know, five minutes to sing in Israel. And so in the upper room there, you know what I mean, our, our group. And so they're like, all right, come on, 
sing something. I don't, you know, what do you, you got five minutes right, in the upper room. Right. Like, let's make a count, you know? <laughs> like, what do we do, you know? <laughs> is this where they believe the upper yeah, room Yeah, it's where they acts. believe the upper room actually is. Okay, yeah. wow. I mean, may or may not be. It's right, this, right. You know, it's Israel is just it's how it is. But anyway, <laughs> but we were there with that intent of like, hey, yeah. man, this is the, you know, this is the upper room. And I think God honors the intent of that, that art, yeah. you know? Anyway. So we started singing, and I cannot for the life of me remember what song it was, but we started singing a song that everybody knew. And out of that, um, I started to sing just this melody I heard, very simple melody of, of worship. And, I, and I, off the top of my head, I don't remember what the lyrics were even. I kid you not, a hundred people mm. harmonized together. The melody I'm singing, I'm hearing for the first time because right, right. I've never sung this before. They surely don't know what I'm going to sing because I don't know what I'm going to sing. Wow. And we moved in perfect harmony Wow. It was like three or four part harmony with like little resolutions and suspension. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was wow. like literally someone was whispering in all of our ears, like sing this, sing it this way. And I was unbelievable. I've never, I've never experienced that. I've seen a lot of stuff wow, like yeah. in my years of leading, but this is totally acapella. There's right. no chords. There's no guitar. There's nothing to give you the, the harmonic structure of it. Yeah. So, like, musicians will understand what I'm saying. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. It might be a little far to other people, but there's no – you just hear a melody, you know, you don't know what the harmony is. And for 100 people to get it and all get it right and all get it right together is unbelievable. Mm. So there's moments where God begins to to inspire us and breathe on us. Mm-hmm. And whether even if it's just a simple song of worship to Him, yeah. it can be a spirit-breathed song of worship to Him. Yeah, and you're like, wow. man – I know I didn't do that, yeah. you know? Mm. And so, yeah, so I've seen some <laughs> incredible yeah. moments. That, yeah. one, that one blew my mind. Yeah. When are you going to Israel next? <laughs> <laughs> Man, so you were, you were talking about the practice of already written songs. Yeah. And and even even if it's your own song, but practicing that too. How, how would you encourage someone who is good at practicing songs and good at leading a band but wants to practice hearing the voice of God in the middle of worship and playing that out. Like yeah. what's a practical thing How do that we like, do it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's How do the we get same thing. Anyway? This is what's, it, you know, it's interesting to me because people will say like, how do you do that? And they, and I think they think that it just has to magically happen, right. but you practice right. yep. it just like you would practice Absolutely. Yep. a song. You learn it, you, you mm. grow in it, you take baby steps. Like I said on the last episode, we started out when we didn't know how to play instruments, playing songs with two chords in them because yeah. we had G and D, and that was it. You know what I mean? Like, that's all we know right now. It's a bomb you know? Show. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So you you start there, and so one of the simplest things, like if we're talking about singing the scriptures, yeah. is take you know a simple three four chord cadence yeah. that everybody knows, play it, get familiar with it, and just begin to sing the scriptures over top of that. Mm-hmm. In a way, you know, one of the things I I value in spontaneous or prophetic worship and they're different by the way i think some people think yeah, spontaneous absolutely. is yeah. prophetic and prophetic is spontaneous mm-hmm. and it's not no. that right. at all right um but anyway th- one of the things i really value is still being able to be corporate in those moments mm. so i'm singing something that i've never heard before you've never heard before but if i sing a line the same way 
two or three times, eventually you can start to sing it with right. me. And that's kind of what House of Prayer folks mm-hmm. have been doing for a long time. But I think that's really valuable so that we can do it corporately. Mm, right. um, and so practice that. Practice taking Psalm 23 and, and sing, the Lord is my shepherd, and then, you know, phrase it out and, and get good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I have people who are like, I can't believe you can just sing anything. Like it, literally people could put anything on a screen and I can, I can phrase it out and sing it. But I've been right. doing it for 25 years right, or whatever. Right. You know what I mean, like, yeah. so you'll grow at it, and and I'm saying it's a skill I've developed. Yeah, and and it's a grace too. I'm not, you know, what I mean, like, obviously, not everybody is is going to be equally graced with it. Just mm-hmm. like I can't play instruments that mm-hmm. well, but I can I can sing stuff pretty pretty yeah. all right. So, you know, but you, you practice that. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that would be like if you want to practice singing the scriptures more. I think that's one thing. And then and then the, the other one is like singing your heart to the Lord. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. the easiest one. Right. And I'll tell you, the funny thing is the way the Lord actually trained me in that. I don't mm. you, you might have to edit this out. I don't know if I can confess <laughs> this. But yeah. I got this. I got I really got really into like it's called trance music. I yep, know that yep. sounds really bad, but it was uh, it was it's like this kind of form of uh-huh. like techno. Yep, like yep. It's, it's like, you know, whatever what? certain yeah. it's a certain <laughs> BPMs and all this kind of stuff, blah, 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 whatever. It's just technical yeah. mumbo jumbo, but it's no words, right? It's yeah. just instrumental, you know, like the, yeah. the, the beat and it just keeps going. Yeah. And the Lord was like, get yourself a couple of those CDs and I'm going to teach you spontaneous worship, no just how to sing from your heart. Wow. And I had like, at that time I had like a half hour or so commute to work both ways. I put one of those babies in and just kind of like, oh, wait, yeah. all right. And I just, and I love that. See, I love right, that right. driving type. I know some people want the soft uh-huh. swirly keyboards. I'm like, no, You're give like, me the, give me go. the dance music. Right, you know what right. I mean? And I'm like, you know, and so that's you how ever start I start rapping out of yeah, that. No, oh. I never, I never got that anointed. Yeah. So, uh, that's another level of anointing that I never right. broke into. But that's how I started to really yeah. learn how to, um, to, to worship. And, and then all of a sudden some, sometimes choruses would come out of that. Yeah. And, and I, it would go into my songwriting mm. then. You know what I mean? So, and then the last one, of course, is the spiritual songs. And that's probably the most challenging one for people because mm. you, you have to have an ear to right. hear, right? right? And so I think just in a general sense, asking the Lord to open your ear to hear Him, yeah. mm. asking the Lord to make you sensitive. Mm. Um, th- there's a guy in the scriptures called Kenaniah. And, mm. and he was the chief musician that David anointed. Right. And it says because, in, in our translation, it says because he was skillful. Mm. Um, but that's not the best translation. What right. it really means, that word, it's B-I-Y-N, it's being, I guess you'd say in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Actually, the better translation for that is sensitive. Wow. Whoa. And so he was the chief musician because he was sensitive. Wow. Now, I believe he was skillful, too. I believe sure. he, was, he, yeah. could, he had his chops down, right? Yep, yep. And my brother talks about this in an amazing way, right? Like when you're talking about prophetic worship, you have an input and an output. Mm-hmm. Some people have yeah, incredible input and can hear all kinds of things from heaven. Like I can hear a, a symphony from heaven, maybe. But the problem is I don't know how to output it. Yeah. And then there's other people who have incredible output. They can fly up and down the fretboard and do all kinds of stuff, but they just can't hear. So it's a matter of opening up both your input and your output. Mm. So there is skillfulness, but there's also sensitivity. Right, right. So it's like, Lord, help me to hear. And so some of what we do sometimes is we'll be like, okay, no songs. Mm -hmm. In fact, our Tuesday night, you know, sessions, we don't really do songs. It's just, 
Lord, what key are you in? Right. You know That's what I mean? so good. And it's like, okay, uh, <laughs> A, all right, A major, A minor, you know, and it's A minor. <laughs> Here all right. we go. <laughs> Everybody play an A minor chord and then just be sensitive mm. to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Mm. And don't be in a hurry. You know what I mean? We're, we, we, we fear, the, we fear the, the silence. We fear right. the lack of singing. We don't allow instruments to prophesy many times. I mean, David appointed these guys to play the harp, the cymbals, and prophesy, prophesy on those instruments. Instruments, yeah. wow. instruments can speak. Now, like jazz mm. musicians know that, they right? Do. Yeah. <laughs> they do. That music is a language. Yeah. But church people are like, nah. You know, so anyway. <laughs> it's four chords. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I mean, it, that, that's I the thing. That. Just begin to let the Holy Spirit right. flow right. and go go mm. where it goes and be sensitive and yeah. be, you know, and just ask the Lord, open up my input, open yeah. up my output. A- another quick question. Yeah. I think this is an important question to ask is, you touched on a little bit and you and we were like, uh, that could be another episode, but like, authenticity but in worship i feel like especially musical or like like talented in in either uh like your your instrument or even your vocals like it's a very personal thing and it's in front of people yeah and so there, like you were talking about the fear of man but there's also like this almost like like wanting of praise from man that can that can creep into a lot of like mm. beginning like yeah. worshipers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I would, I would love to hear your input in like 28 years of worship. Like, man, how have you kept yourself? Like, just like in this posture of like Jesus, you're first and it like nothing else matters. Obviously you like, you want to minister to the people in front of you and you want to lead people yeah. into loving yeah. the Lord. But like, like how, how would you, how would you, yeah. Advise people just like in that direction. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, the struggle was always fear of man. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, and like you just referenced, but I think people tend to be on one side or the other, right? right. Like you tend to be someone who's either fearful and you're dealing with this inadequacy issue. Right. Or you're on the other side where you're like, yeah, I got it. I'm amazing. You know what I right. mean? Like, <laughs> and <laughs> right. neither one of the, both of them have their strengths, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a, a good godly confidence Confident, is a yeah. really good thing so oh, yeah. i i didn't have that right you know what i mean i have a i have a son who i don't know where he gets his confidence from <laughs> but he just oozes with it and i'm like you know what man that's not a bad thing you know right, but we right. gotta rein you in a little bit uh-huh. and so he's like on the other end of the spectrum for where i ever was you for know sure, yeah. um and and so i think people can go either direction with it i think I think the thing is you need to be confident in who you are mm. and who God is in you. Yeah. Right. And so that's the authority. That's the authentic. Well, that's the authenticity that then carries the authority. See, mm. authority and authenticity are, are connected words. Right. Mm. So the more you try to, to wear someone else's clothes. Right. You know, or, yep. or, or put on Saul's armor. Uh, mm. and, and be like, yeah, come on, this is <laughs> I who I this. am. David was like, no, no, give me my slingshot, right. and I don't mm. need all this. I'm going to be who I am. And in that, there's authority. Right. See, why doesn't our worship have authority sometimes? Because we're not being authentic. We're not mm. being who we are. Right. Because we're either uncomfortable with who we are or pride has made it, you know, where Distorted, we yeah. we try to look like somebody else, yeah. right. you know, because we're afraid to, really, it's just another form of fear. It's another right. form of looking foolish or something like yeah. that, you know, so... Um, I think that's the thing. And then I think what, what, you know, is, is always an incredibly humbling thing for me. I mean, we, we are very honored in what we carry, you know, as far as our team, as far as you know, what we carry musically, spiritually, all this kind of stuff. But 
I can genuinely say, like, look, if the Holy Ghost doesn't show up, mm. believe me, you're not going to like anything mm. that I do. It's like, true. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it is not me. Nope. And, and the, 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 the full weight of its awesomeness comes mm. from the fact that we're just trying to let the Lord move right. through it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's a very humbling thing when you know this yeah. isn't me. Yeah. I'm not that great. I've never, I've never felt like any of my giftings were all that yeah. amazing. But I know what God can do through yeah. me. And that's, that's really the yeah. key. I think kind of being in that yeah. middle ground of like, okay, I've got a godly confidence of right. who he is and his faithfulness. He's going to show up. Right. You know, but I also, you know, I, I can't get too <laughs> wrapped up in myself. Right. God doesn't really need us for him to move. Yeah. And so I think I've been in I've been in worship sessions where you don't have the most talented person on stage yeah. worshiping, but man, the presence of God is there. Yeah. And I think I think it does come back to like that David in the fields, yeah. learning the heart of God in those in those places and worshiping him in 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 just like that solitude. And I think you brought up an an important point. I think it was last episode or or it may have been this one, but you were like, man, if, if you're worshiping on stage, like, what are you doing when you go home? Yeah. And I think that's so important because if, if your heart is there when on stage, but you go home and then you're wrapped up in all these different things and you're just like, totally, man, like, yeah. Um, and I think that authenticity, it shows more when you're, when you're there more at home yeah. than on the stage. Yeah. And so I think, I think learning that aspect of the heart of God that he, he wants our hearts first yep. and then out of that, it it comes out of abundance. And so, man, I think, I think this topic is so important and so needed right now because right now, like you can, you can put your product out anywhere and and be seen and be known. And and, and that's kind of the, the, the want or or the temptation, I would say the the temptation of like, man, I could be known by lots. Yeah. But I think, I think it's like, God, I want to be known by you. Yeah. And I want to be, I want to be seen by you. I want to minister to you. I want you to minister to me. And out of that, is yeah. where the flow comes. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's got to be born from the secret place. Right. You know what I mean? And if the Lord chooses to exalt it, that's it. We, I mean, I don't know if, if I want to date, you know, this whole podcast, <laughs> but like, you know I mean? Right now there's yeah. this dude who wrote this song that became like what the number one song on, yeah. on iTunes or something yeah. like that. And this guy, like he doesn't care. Right. He's not trying to be anybody. He was never trying to blow up. He just did something that was authentic. Right. And all of a sudden it's like resonating with all these people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's what we're talking about. But you know, like we've fallen into the trap of the world where we prioritize power right. over authority and power mm-hmm. is giftedness. Yeah. So it's the, it's the great singers. It's the great players. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a wonderful thing, but authority rests on those who have God's heart mm-hmm. God can give you a gift, and you don't have to have his heart at all. Right. I mean, the devil has an incredible giftedness, right? He was Lucifer was this incredible Musician, worshiping angel, yeah. right? And God hasn't taken that away from him. Mm. He still is who God created him to be. Right. But what God did did strip him from strip of of him was his, his authority, mm-hmm. right? So it's a thing I think where if we look at it, authority is always the greater thing than power. So right. like when you're talking about someone who's less gifted, mm. but has a greater authority, I'll take that person right. any day of the oh, week, yeah. you know, and, and 
it, that's what the Lord's going to move through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really nice when you do have both. Though. It yeah. is. Just, <laughs> I, know, I agree. Nobody, I agree. nobody has any problems with gifted There's or skillful. There's a thing of excellence you know, people, yeah. that the Lord is after. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's good too. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's our. That's really our heart at, at Gateway is to cultivate a space uh, for people to start getting having that heart heart mm-hmm. encounter with God. Yeah. And I think it's been really cool because you're right. Like I feel like the emphasis has been the prayer kind of side of, mm. you know, 24 seven kind of Moravian missionary style yeah. of like, yeah. we're just, we're just going to pray. We're going to get before God. Um, but over the last year um, we've started to really um, ask God for, you know, a worshipful sound yeah. um, out of, you know, some of what you've poured into our community. Yeah. Um, some others like Jose Diaz has poured yeah. into our community. It's really challenged us. So, yeah. you know, if we can provide a space where we can get together and we can learn together, because I, I think mm. we're all realizing like, yeah, we don't really know what heaven sounds right. like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and exactly. we're, but we're together <laughs> in this. I love what you guys are doing in Philly. I think yeah. it's, we can learn a lot because you've done it for a lot longer. Uh, but that is our heart. So hopefully we'll keep seeing you around. Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you like so much. Seriously, for everyone listening, Jamie mm-hmm. drove all the way out from Philly to, to pop on oh, the yeah. podcast. And I love it. Um, we really we really wanted you because we feel like you're carrying something with this understanding of worship um, right. that we want to want to grow in as a community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank awesome. you so much yeah. for coming. Yeah, it's and sharing. an honor. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Anytime. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, that's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. All right. Yeah. I really loved what Jamie had to share about prophetic worship and even David's tabernacle getting into some of the nitty gritty stuff. Um, that that's really actually gives us a bedrock for what we're doing at Gateway, and it's uh, a little bit of like fuel for our fodder of where we want to go. Um, so specifically, if you are a musician listening to this, um, or like someone who just loves to sing and worship. Uh, I hope you were encouraged, and I hope that you know you can come sometime to the prayer room. Please check out Gateway um, at www.gatewayprayer.com. Um, follow us on Instagram. Um, yeah, just stay connected. We want to see where God leads us as a community, and we're glad that you're you're here along for the ride. So, again, thank you so much for listening, and we really appreciate it.